The governor gets his way on controversial maps that will redraw the state's political lines. Lawmakers go into special session next week, giving up on their fight with Governor DeSantis over keeping minority access congressional districts in place. Critics say adopting the DeSantis map violates the state's fair district amendment passed by Florida voters. This is the Florida Roundup from WLRN Public Media in Miami and WJCT Public Media in Jacksonville. I'm Tom Hudson. And I'm Melissa Ross. This hour, court challenges expected as the governor works to further shift the balance of power to Republicans. What does this fight mean for Florida and the U.S. Congress? And then how DeSantis is changing the governor's office and his relationship with lawmakers. You can join our conversation statewide. Phone lines open now, 305-995-1800. Welcome to the Florida Roundup here on Florida Public Radio. I'm Tom Hudson in Miami. And I'm Melissa Ross in Jacksonville. Thanks for listening this Friday. Well, Florida lawmakers are scheduled to head back to Tallahassee next week for a special session with just one goal, redrawing the state's congressional boundaries. Governor Ron DeSantis vetoed maps okayed by the lawmakers and has called them back to the Capitol to do it all over again. Already, legislative leaders have endorsed the governor's map. It gets rid of what his staff calls a, quote, racially gerrymandered version of Congressional District 5. Now, District 5 currently runs from Jacksonville to Tallahassee. It's a majority black district represented today by Democrat Al Lawson. On Tuesday, Governor DeSantis described his goal of new district boundaries. It will have uh, North Florida drawn in a race-neutral manner. I mean, we are not going to have a 200-mile gerrymander that divvies up people based on the color of their skin. That is wrong. That is not the way uh, we've governed um, in the state of Florida. Florida is picking up an additional seat in the United States House of Representatives in Washington, and critics complain the governor's map will eliminate majority black districts. Political districts in Florida could influence the balance of power on Capitol Hill during this year's midterm elections and beyond. So let's talk about political boundaries and where people vote and why. 305-995-1800. Same phone number for Republicans, Democrats, NPAs. 305-995-1800. Or find us on Twitter. We're at Florida Roundup. We start things off with State Representative Daniel Perez, Republican of Miami. Representative Perez, good to have you on the show. Thanks for joining us. Thank you guys for having me. So you and your colleagues are headed back to Tallahassee last week. Lawmakers have come under some criticism for, critics say, abrogating their traditional responsibility of creating these maps and ceding the whole process over to the governor. What's your response to voters who are concerned about this, concerned the maps are erasing black voters from the table and distorting the the true political demographics of the state? I think the message of ceding to the governor is uh, a little bit of an overreach. You know, conversations have, uh, they've been going on for for many months uh, on the House maps, the Senate maps, and the congressional maps. Fortunately, the House maps and the Senate maps were not only voted off the floor favorably, but signed by the governor. And the time for an appeal on those maps by the public has come and gone. So those maps have become law. But when we're talking about the congressional maps, there are a different set of rules. Uh, than those of the House and the Senate map. And, and the congressional maps, the, the governor has to uh, sign off on the final approved maps in a different formula than those of the House and Senate. 
thus leading us to where we're at right now. As I'm sure uh, you may recall, the governor vetoed the congressional maps that were voted off the House and the Senate floor. And that is kind of what has put us back in this position right now. It has forced us to work together, uh, not just with the governor, but with each chamber. Uh, and we have tried in a bipartisan effort, although unsuccessful, uh, for a variety of reasons. Uh, but now we, it has placed us in a place where conversations have happened with the governor. And the governor has submitted a map that we will be reviewing on Tuesday and eventually voting on, uh, on the House floor and the Senate floor in the coming days. Well, you know, throughout this process, you and your colleague in the, colleagues in the legislature have stressed the need to adhere to the Constitution, the state Constitution, and also the Fair Districts Amendment that was overwhelmingly approved by Florida voters in 2010. Uh, the legislature ran afoul of Fair Districts in 2012, and there was a congressional map drawn up that was thrown out by the courts. Some of your colleagues in Tallahassee had expressed concern about court challenges to an extreme gerrymander. Now, this amendment bars maps drawn to favor or disfavor any incumbent or political party. Wouldn't these new maps, which would give Republicans a 20 to 8 advantage in Florida congressional seats, wouldn't those maps violate the spirit of that ruling? We don't believe so, um, although I will tell you, that my colleagues and I fully expect for there to be litigation uh, after these maps are passed and eventually signed by the governor. Uh, but that is the beautiful thing about this process. I think, you know, people that uh, believe it is an unconstitutional map should have every right to do so. And I have no doubt they will, they will take up that opportunity and take up their right to, to do so. Uh, but, but no, but 20 to eight, 20 to eight representative, 20 Republican seats to eight Democratic seats for Congress in Florida that's not representative of the state as a whole. Uh, there well, there mean, may be a slight Republican lead now in Florida, but 20 to 8 is very lopsided. I, I would tell you it's, it's more than a slight lead. I, I think, you know, and I don't know how much you all have been following the registration of Republican voters, but the Democrats had a lead on the Republican Party with registered voters for, for several decades. Um, and, and yet even then, the Congressional Caucus had a majority of, of Republicans. But what I'm telling you is the, the tide has changed. I don't think Florida is a, a purple state anymore. I think those days are long gone. That, you know, Florida is a red state. I think we've been able to prove that through registration uh, uh, and, and through the, the recent elections. But this isn't about party. I think when you're, when you're going through these maps, there are, there are, there are many different uh, factors that have to get put into consideration. And if we're talking about that northern seat, which is, I guess, the one that's of, of greatest debate, that northern seat, if you remember how it was drawn before, it was very funky. Uh, and, and one of the requirements is that districts are compact. And the, the map that. The right. But, you know, you, your colleagues in the legislature came back with a more compact district than the one Al Lawson currently holds. It is a strangely drawn district. It goes from Jacksonville West to Tallahassee. They proposed a Jacksonville centric map that was compact but also allowed for constitutional mandates around minority access. Uh, the governor rejected that. Right. And that's what's led us back to a special session. Uh, the, the governor well, did, that, did that, veto begs, that. begs my, that, beg, that begs my next question. What about concerns that the separation of powers is eroding in the state of Florida? If you allow the governor to take over this entire process. The legislature is an independent branch of government. You were, you and your colleagues in the legislature, I should say, were initially willing to fight the governor on this. 
but have since caved and have ceded the process over to him. You're an independent branch of government. Totally. And respectfully, I would disagree uh, with your premise. I think your premise of us of us folding is a fallacy. I, I, you have to remember that when we get to Tallahassee, me personally, for example, I sit on the Congressional uh, Redistricting Subcommittee. Uh, if the map that is going to be presented in that committee on Tuesday does not pass the committee through votes, the bill dies uh, and, and the map would die. So so my, my point is the legislature is still very much um, involved in the process and still has uh, their own backbone to stand on, which is why the subcommittee process is still going to move forward and why, you know, there will be debate, uh, there will be pros and there will be cons that will be spoken about at the subcommittee level. Once it passes the subcommittee, assuming that it does, uh, which I expect it to, when it's on the House floor, we're going through the same process. But to say to say that the legislature has not been involved would assume that a map is getting drawn by the governor, voted by the governor, and signed by the governor. And quite frankly, that is not the process that's going to take place next week. Uh, Senate leaders have asked Governor DeSantis to submit his map, which is what you and your colleagues will look at. Has another map been put forward from the House? At this time, there has not been another map that has been put forward by the House. But what's important is that the governor's map that was released and i, I want to say it was yesterday but my days are getting cloudy maybe it might have been two days ago uh, but definitely in the last two days uh, that was a map that uh, was spoken about um, through conversations uh, depending on the region of the state uh, with the senate and the house for for not just days weeks but for for months i mean this has been a long process that has been uh that has been heavily discussed with all interested parties Well, I want to thank you for your time here on the Florida Roundup. State Representative Daniel Perez, Republican of Miami, thanks for being with us. Thank you for inviting me. I enjoyed the conversation. Your phone calls, Republican, Democrat, NPA, coming up in a moment. Same phone number for every Floridian, 305-995-1800, 305-995-1800. State Senator Annette Tadeo, who is running for the Democratic nomination for Florida governor, has called for her fellow Democrats to boycott next week's special session on redistricting. Senator Tadeo is back with us here on Florida Public Radio. Senator, welcome back. Nice to have you again. Thank you for having me. Delighted to be with you. Will you participate in the special session next week in Tallahassee? Uh, no, I will not. And and frankly, I I am just uh, appalled at what I just heard because it clearly shows uh, how this map that we are supposedly coming to review and vote has already been worked out behind closed doors uh, with the clear and unconstitutional approva- approval of the the Senate leadership and the House leadership. So this is all uh, a farce, what we're doing. And I took an oath to actually uh, uphold the Constitution of the United States and of Florida, Florida's constitution. And this is not a decision I take lightly, but uh, because I took that oath, I think it is really important to, to, to stand up. Mm-hmm. A- and when, they're, when we're surrendering our authority as a separate and equal branch of government to Governor DeSantis on redistricting, it, it really is an abdication of our responsibilities as an elected body. Uh, you just heard Representative Perez say that uh, legislators still have to vote on the map, the map that uh, 
legislative leaders asked the governor to submit, which he did submit. It still has to go through the process, and state lawmakers, including yourself, if you do decide to go to Tallahassee, would still be uh, invited, would still be uh, asked to uh, either support or reject the map. So there still is, according to uh, the Representative Perez, the argument is that the lawmakers, the legislative branch, still has a say in this process. Um, Yes, and I I guess if you think that they are in any way not going to rubber stamp this uh, move from the governor, which is very clearly not only unconstitutional, but unprecedented, and that we are somehow going to convince some Republicans, because I know we as Democrats are all united in the belief that this is completely unconstitutional and it's a very clear political move. And it goes against what the voters voted for. They said they wanted us to draw the maps in a way that it was fair. And they also uh, specifically in this amendment, as well as in federal law, it says that you are not supposed to uh, misrepresent or not give opportunities to black and brown for idiots. Senator, let me ask about your call for your fellow Democrats to boycott the special session. You you just said you're you're going to follow through with that. How many other Democrats have agreed to join you? You know, there are some that are thinking of going up there and simply uh, complaining on the record, being able to ask some questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, some are going to walk out. Uh, different ones have expressed support, but all of us, I can tell you, are united. I don't care if I'm all alone. I feel that it is important for me to stand up and to say, I will not be a part of something that is so farce, so wrong against everything that the voters asked us to do. And that on top of that, it deletes uh, entire black communities, by the way. This brings it down to only two seats for African-American seats in Florida. Uh, Race certainly uh, uh, has a role here. Uh, Senator Chevron Jones is a Democrat from South Florida. Uh, Senator Tadeo, he told WLRN Sundial program this week that he will be in Tallahassee Mm -hmm. taking part. Let's listen. I do think that we need to show up and we have to make it clear and we need to be on record making it clear that this is wrong. This is unprecedented in what the governor is doing, and especially as the governor works to uh, dilute black districts. It just wouldn't look right for a, uh, a black legislator. As a matter of fact, the only black legislator in Miami-Dade County to not show up to call out this foolishness. Senator Jones feels as the uh, only black legislator, uh, state legislator in Miami-Dade County uh, in the state mm-hmm. Senate, To it's important for him to show up. What's your response to your colleague? I, I had a, a great conversation with him and I totally understood uh, what he was saying. And he totally understands what I'm saying because we're not in disagreement. This is about what the institution is right. doing. But you've called the, the institution. You've called the process a farce. So would Senator Jones and other Democrats who participated participate in a farce? Well, they feel that they want to be on the record. Let me be clear that the last time the maps were thrown out, they were thrown out because of all the things that happen outside of the record. All of the conversations that clearly have been going on with the governor's office and the governor and the leadership for them to agree to this map 
agree to a special session, not a special session for the things we need, which is the, the, the fact that we have housing going through the roof or we have an insurance crisis. No, no, yeah. to deal with an illegal map. I, I, I want to ask you about uh, some of those kind of items that may draw you to Tallahassee, but will you be a plaintiff to a lawsuit filed against the congressional redistricting map? Are you already planning that? Well, listen, I'm not afraid to be a plaintiff in, in lawsuits when we are talking about our democracy. Look, I, 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 the way I see this, this is about something so much bigger. It's not just, it's not Democrat or Republican. This is democracy. This is the most pivotal thing we do, which is voting and electing representatives. Right. And you must have representation. It is very clear through all the different laws that we have, the Voting Rights Act, clearly talks about it uh, all uh, our voters voted and said you have to have representation you cannot right. discriminate on the basis of color or language so the process could lead is likely to lead even representative perez just told my colleague melissa that he expects litigation for the map that uh, ultimately comes out of this special session uh, we, are do you have plans have you been contacted uh, are, are you gathering plaintiffs to file a lawsuit Listen, there is a whole group of people that and organizations that have been fighting for fair districts. I wouldn't be elected today if, if those organizations had fought. I will join those organizations. I will okay. join any citizen. I will definitely do it because this is about a, our most basic principle, which is our democracy. Uh, Senator Tadeo, you are uh, running for the Democratic nominee uh, nomination for uh, for governor if elected. Uh, later on this year and uh, sworn into office next year, would you advocate, would you call for a special session yourself as governor to uh, redraw political lines for the congressional districts in Florida? Well, that would be up to the courts, uh, but if if the, the courts draw them out, don't draw them in time for us to decide our 10-year process, uh, then, then of course, but I would never allow the process to go around what the voters wanted, which is an open where people can come and, and give uh, testimony where you can see the maps, where there is none of the shenanigans that happened 10 years ago, which ended up having that the courts drew them. But you know what? It works. It works when you have fair districts. Look at me. I represent a, a, a district that voted for Trump by six points, and I am a Democrat and a very proud Democrat. It shows that these voters, when you give them a fair map, they will pick the right person for them to represent them. And that is all that these uh, this amendment that we did is asking for. This is not what the governor is doing at all. He's drawing his own maps for his own power, for political power. And what's worse, he's deleting entire African-American areas and representation for those African-Americans. The uh, state Senate is due to uh, be called to order at noon on Tuesday. Uh, so, uh, Senator today, you still have time to get to Tallahassee if you change your mind between here uh, noon on Friday and noon on Tuesday. What could change your mind to participate in the special session? Well, a few things. One is if they decide to add uh, any kind of special session on the insurance crisis we have or the rental crisis, absolutely. Or even if we decide to go back and work on the actual uh, building that collapsed and killed 98 people where we spent an entire session and we never even did anything about, well, that bill died 
And so it just, but no, we were so busy doing all the other uh, hateful legislation that the governor wanted. So it, that, that I will come. And if uh, my colleagues and I uh, work out some kind of a deal for all of us to together do something uh, together to fight uh, this unconstitutional power grab, uh, yes, I would okay. work on them with that as well. Senator Annette Tadeo with us here on Florida Public Radio. Senator, thanks for your time. Thank you so much for highlighting that uh, politicians shouldn't draw maps. We should. <laughs> well, the voters should. <laughs> well, uh, that's the process, though, in Florida. And we'll talk more with Florida voters next on the Florida Roundup. Welcome back to the Florida Roundup. Thanks for listening. I'm Melissa Ross in Jacksonville. In Miami, I'm Tom Hudson. By this time next week, Florida may have new congressional districts. Lawmakers are scheduled to meet on Tuesday to redraw political boundaries for U.S. House districts after Governor DeSantis vetoed earlier versions. Now, the state will have one more seat in the U.S. House of Representatives, and the governor's proposed maps eliminate two majority black districts, one in North Florida and one in Central Florida. And the governor argues the current districts are gerrymandered and don't comply with the rules. Your calls now, 305-995-1800, 305-995-1800. Tweets at Florida Roundup. Lee is holding in Winter Haven. Hi, Lee. You're on the air. Yes. I'm sorry. Can you hear me? Hi, Lee. Go ahead. Yes, thank you. Uh, here in Pope County, uh, we've been trying hard to register voters. We have a very vigorous, large community of people here in Pope County. We've got lots of black and brown residents working very hard over the decades to make our county a beautiful part of Florida. And I'm very concerned that Governor DeSantis throwing out the maps that had been put together by our representatives and drawing his own maps, trying to start stuff, these gerrymandered maps down the throat of Florida voters is bad. I mean, let's face it. Florida is a purple state. We have very strong Republicans and we have very strong Democrats. And the last I checked, we were a democracy, although it seems like Governor DeSantis wants to be another Putin. I'm just very concerned about uh, having free and fair elections, a democracy here in Florida. Thank you. Thank you, Lee. You know, traditionally, uh, Florida has been thought of as a swing state. Republican registration has slightly overtaken Democratic registration in Florida. We do need to note that. Uh, that said, uh, nonpartisan critics of this map do call it an extreme gerrymander. Let's go to Sean in Newport Ritchie. Hi, Sean. Uh, hello. Yeah, go ahead, Sean. Um, I just wanted to, I just wanted to uh, address a couple of issues that the senator had brought up just a few moments ago. Um, she had said that uh, the, the legislature is just going to rubber stamp whatever uh, is put in front of them by the governor. And I agree with that, but I also agree that it's going to be more, it's going to be worse than that because of the fact that there is only one map being considered. It's kind of like a congressman going up with no challenger. They're in by default. Uh, since we don't have any other map to consider, it's just going to win. Uh, that's the first issue I want to bring up. The senator also said that uh, she's going to protest the map by not showing up and boycotting it. I don't see how that's going to help anything uh, other than to just say, oh, I didn't want to be there. 
uh, and she's talking about us having representation, but she's not going to show up. So I'm not sure how she's reconciling that. Um, the final thing is that uh, your guest earlier had said that Florida is a, a, a Republican state, no longer purple, uh, and then you had addressed the 20 to 8 ratio. Uh, while I agree that Florida is more of a Republican state than it was, uh, I think 20 to 8 is a bit extreme uh, for the uh, for the division of the electorate in Florida. Sean, thanks for your thoughts. Let's go now to Daniel Henry. He chairs the Duval Democratic Party in Jacksonville, and he's on the line. Daniel, good to be with you. Good to be with you too, Melissa. So we're talking about this congressional seat held by Al Lawson. It runs west from Jacksonville to Tallahassee. You tweeted that the governor's proposed map for this seat in Florida is, in your words, an abomination. Why? Uh, I th- and, uh, thank you for bringing that up. I, I think these maps um, shows a complete disservice to Duval County. Um, the Florida legislature, um, to their own chagrin, tried multiple different variations to redraw CD5 in order for them to be compliant with the Voting Rights Act and the Fair Districts Act. Um, and each one of those maps are rejected by the governor. Um, the most promising of those is the current configuration and the Duval only configuration to ensure that black residents and minorities that are protected in this district continue to have a voice in Congress. Um, and what Governor DeSantis's new maps clearly show is that he could care less about those communities and he wants to ensure uh, that Republicans gain an advantage in uh, next year's, this year's midterm elections. Um, so I'm, I'm pretty passionate about making sure that my community has representation and, and I, I truly find these maps a disservice to them. You feel that uh, Democrats in Jacksonville and, and also along North Florida's corridor will be disenfranchised? Is, is that your position? It is. Uh, Jacksonville has had um, a community of interest in this seat for over 30 years. Um, and these proposed maps will ensure that another Republican uh, will take that seat and Jacksonville will now have two Republicans going into Congress. Um, and the reason why this is important, because it's not just about the lines in their configurations, it's about healthcare, it's about education, it's about infrastructure spending. All of these issues have a direct effect about who is representing them in Congress. And if these communities don't have a leader that represents their values and their ideology, then they won't get the same representation that they've been able to receive from Congressman Lawson and, and Congresswoman Brown for the last 30 years. Governor DeSantis has called Congressional District 5 a racial gerrymander. It was intentionally drawn to, as you said, make sure that communities of interest have a seat at the table in Congress. It's 45 percent African-American or so, not majority black, but 45 percent. What's your response to the governor's pledge to redraw districts in what he calls a race neutral manner? Or in other words, him saying that drawing the lines to take race into account in this way he is going to try to argue is illegal. Well, one thing is very clear. Um, he's not attempting to draw race-neutral districts. Uh, he, <laughs> he may very well be, be racially uninformed. Uh, these districts were ratified by the Florida Supreme Court a decade ago uh, to ensure that they have the ability to 
elect a candidate of the choice of these minority districts. And by creating these new districts, uh, he ensures that these communities have no voice in Congress, have no ability for them to be able to advocate to a, a leader that represents their values, um, and prevents them from being able to have representation on the federal level. Um, these maps clearly violate the voting, uh, the Fair Rights, sorry, the Fair Districts Act um, amendment that uh, Florida residents passed over a decade ago. They clearly violate the Voting Rights Act. Um, these obviously are going to end up in, in court. And, and I think we're going to have to get to a point where we let judges decide how these maps are going to be drawn because the proposal that the governor has, has made is clearly incongruent with that. We should note we did reach out to Congressman Al Lawson to get his thoughts about all of this. It is his seat that could be redrawn in such a way that he's no longer in Congress. No reply there. In the meantime, Daniel Henry, a number of activist groups are headed to Tallahassee Tuesday to protest this session, including people from Jacksonville. How active is that contingent expected to be? I think it's going to be very active. This is an opportunity for not only people in Duval, but all across the state to come and make their voices heard. Um, one thing is very clear. Um, the state legislature is going back into session next week to essentially ratify um, the governor's maps. And we can't let that go without actually putting up a fight and showing that residents in Duval and all across the states roundly reject these maps. So dozens of, of, of Democrats and, and activists all across the state are going to Tallahassee on Tuesday for a rally to make our voices heard and ensure that uh, the legislature hears our voices and hears um, our intentions that we don't want these maps. Um, these maps are not something that our communities support. Uh, and we want them to ensure that they follow the law that we're all accustomed to, to draw fair districts that ensure that everyone has equity and has a seat at the table. Daniel Henry, chair of the Duval Democratic Party in Jacksonville. Thanks for your time. Thank you. 305-995-1800, Republican, Democrat, NPA in Florida. Same phone number for everybody. 305-995-1800. It's a big round table here on the Florida Roundup. Doug in Orlando pulls up a chair. Doug, thanks for listening. You're on the radio. Hey, good afternoon. Thanks for taking my call. I think your guest, Mr. Henry answered a couple of my questions, but I was looking for a little more context in regards to who controlled the uh, congressional redistricting back in 2012. Um, I don't think he necessarily answered that, but also if uh, DeSantis is saying that District 5 is gerrymandered, could could we provide some context about the remaining districts? Couldn't we look at the remaining districts and say that they are gerrymandered just as much uh, to favor another ethnicity um there doesn't seem to be a solution there we could go back and forth about you know which districts are gerrymandered a certain way yeah doug it's a good point which districts are gerrymandered and sometimes gerrymandering is in the eye of the beholder and if a district that is today uh gerrymandered in the uh in the opinion of a, a particular office holder, that is based on a process that we continue to be using now to redraw just those maps. Let's go to David in uh, Newport Ritchie on line eight. David, uh, we want to hear from you. Go ahead. Hello, and thank you. Uh, yeah, I was listening to what Mr. Henry had to say, and I agree with it most all. And uh, 
I, my comment was simply that um, if what DeSantis is trying to do right now, and everybody knows the reasons, uh, does not stimulate people to get off their butts and get out to the polls and get this thing right, not sitting in your chair and saying vote blue is not doing a damn thing. And this has gotten way out of hand. This guy's trying to run this like his own little empire. So I'm pleading with anybody out there that likes the idea of a democracy. Get out there and vote and take people with you. That's all I wanted to say. David, I appreciate uh, you adding to the conversation. Tony in Lakeland, you are up next. Go ahead, Tony. Yeah, I think what the governor, um, the state then is doing, um, this amounts to totalitarianism on the part of his um, government. He does not represent the people of Florida. All he's doing is um, pushing his own agenda. And with regard to redistricting, you can see clearly that all the Republicans have bailed up. They have lost their representational rights for the voters and have basically been doing all, everything that they can do to keep this governor reelected and to keep um, the Republican Party uh, or put them back in power. So it's not just about redistricting. I think the big picture here is that they're trying to orchestrate uh, another coup um, attempt, like um, what happened in January, uh, but now they're trying to do it on the legal, on the legal um, um, realm. So I have no respect for the, the Satan. I think what he's doing is unconscionable. And he's just pushing his own personal agenda. Uh, Tony, thanks for those comments. We try to keep the name calling to a minimum as best we can here on the Florida Roundup. But Tony from Lakeland, we appreciate those calls. And three opponents there, three critics of this process. Uh, If you're in support, if you're Republican in support to what's happening here in Florida, let us know. 305-995-1800. 305-995-1800 or at Florida Roundup on Twitter. You're listening to the Florida Roundup from Florida Public Radio. Former United States Representative David Jolly joins us now. He represented Florida's 13th congressional district based in Pinellas County. Uh, David's now a columnist and political commentator. David, welcome back to Florida Public Radio. Nice to have you. Hey, thank you. Good to be with you. And in many ways, I'm reliving my political career of 2012, (laughs) 13, 14, and 15. I think I ran five elections in about 10 months as a result of the redistricting process of a decade ago. This looks very much like that, though, with different leaders and different opinions. Yeah, indeed. Reflect a little bit on that and project forward. You left Congress after that redistricting process changed demographics in the uh, uh, in the boundaries that you originally uh, elected in. What are your thoughts about these uh, congressional maps? Or it's really singular at this point, the congressional map that state sure. lawmakers will consider on Tuesday. So it is an unusual moment in Florida political history for a governor to just writ large write the maps. It's an abdication of the legislature, but it it does represent that Ron DeSantis is perhaps the most popular Republican leader, not just in Florida, in the country, but for Donald Trump. He holds enormous power. Um, It also is a partisan play, a partisan grab without question. I think Ron DeSantis is being uh, open about that. He's trying to increase Republican seats. Uh, something else that, that the governor is intending to do, though, and understand this fits within his bigger priorities of running for president. Ron DeSantis wants the U.S. Supreme Court case. He wants to be the person, the governor, that leads this issue back to the U.S. Supreme Court, a court that has previously required uh, minority representation in some cases, pre-clearance over the past 20 or 30 years of districts to ensure 
that communities of color and minority communities have proper representation. Ron DeSantis wants to take his race neutral uh, description of his map, if you will, all the way to the Supreme Court and for his conservative base and conservative constituency. He thinks he has a chance right. to win that at the Supreme Court if it goes that far. And the particular uh, uh, federal law that would be the focus of any kind of uh, Supreme Court uh, deliberation would be the Voting Rights Act, I presume. Is that uh, your assessment? Is that what you're getting at, David? Th- that's exactly right. So, you know, those of us in Florida who lived through the Fair Districts Amendment of 10 years ago. Which is a required... state, which is, sorry, just uh, that, just for that's clarity, right. that's a state constitution. That's not, in the, uh, that's that's not right. a national legislation like the Voting Rights Act is. That's right. So at the state level, enough Floridians, voters, went to the polls and said, we want fair districts to be defined by geographic compactness. And that became the standard 10 years ago that created the new districts that ultimately pushed myself out, uh, Gwen Graham, uh, others, Ileana Ross Layton. And the, the moderates actually lost their seats largely as a result of that. But that's state law. Any any state law in any state in the union addressing redistricting also cannot violate violate federal civil rights laws. And that is what ultimately will be tested in this. Uh, you know, Speaker Chris Sprouse, the Speaker of the Florida House, recently described what Ron DeSantis has done as this. He said the legislature in Tallahassee drew maps in accordance with what the law is. Ron DeSantis has drawn maps with what he wants the law to be. And I think that's the best description of what the governor is trying to do right now. Uh, two things there really at the heart, the Voting Rights Act, the national legislation, and then the Fair Districts uh, constitutional amendment approved by Florida voters. Uh, that is uh, all in play. And David Jolly, stick with us. we got a lot of Floridians that want to talk about this. We want to hear more of your thoughts about the process and to project forward as well. 305-995-1800. 305-995-1800 is the phone number. It's the phone number regardless of your political stripes, regardless of uh, what party, if you are affiliated with a political party. It's the same number for all Floridians. We'd love to hear from Republicans, Democrats, NPAs about the special session as Florida lawmakers called back into session next week to consider a new congressional map for the state of Florida. Florida getting an additional seat in the U.S. House of Representatives, and the boundaries are being drawn by legislators and by the governor. 305-995-1800 on the Florida Roundup from Florida Public Radio. More to come. We're back here on the Florida Roundup on Florida Public Radio. I'm Tom Hudson in Miami. And I'm Melissa Ross in Jacksonville. In a moment, we'll go back to our guest, David Jolly. Uh, First, though, lots of tweets coming into the show. Here's one from a listener. I reside in the district in question. It's already skewed because of Democratic gerrymandering, she says. Here's another tweet from Lisa. The governor and the Florida GOP are clearly intent on suppressing voting. Let's go now to Thomas in Jacksonville. He's on the line. Hi, Thomas. Hello. Hey, Um, what are your thoughts? Well, I agree with uh, the governor redrawing the districts. The current situation is already racist. It's already race-based. And it's in the worst sections of, you know, I live in Jacksonville. It's in the worst sections of the city that stretch all the way up through uh, Orlando. And it only represents one demographic in Florida. Well, to Tallahassee, not not to cut you off. It used to go down to Orlando. Now it goes west to Tallahassee. Go ahead. Yes, and 
But Florida is multiracial, and it shouldn't be based on race at all. So I I really don't understand why there's an assumption of oppression just because they're going to have a a more fair uh, district instead of something that just doesn't make sense. Thomas, thanks for your thoughts. Okay, so that's Thomas in Jacksonville. Let's go back now to David Jolly, a former representative in Congress from Pinellas County. So, David, we just heard that caller make the same argument that the governor has been making. I don't think most fair people would argue that the district has long been oddly drawn. Uh, When Corrine Brown held the seat, it was regarded as a poster child for gerrymandering. The other side of the argument, though, is that the intent is to provide minority access. The district, as it's currently drawn, is about 45 to 47 percent black. Not only that, too, the legislature did propose a more compact map that would guarantee minority access. It would be drawn in and around Jacksonville. But it it would give African-Americans representation. The governor rejected that map. Right. So there are a lot of things going on with this, is my point. Yeah, so, so <laughs> let, me, let me take two angles at this. The first is the historical context. So when a lot of the, the jurisprudence around requiring or protecting majority-minority districts, it was coming out of the civil rights era when states were able to gerrymander to quiet the voices of black Americans. And the courts decided, you know, this is actually discrimination being done in our state capitals. And so the federal government got involved both through legislation, but really through the courts to say, we're going to review how lines are drawn to make sure that minorities are not disparately impacted. What happened in the 2000s is the jurisprudence started to turn and courts started to say, you know, we're in a different era in the 2000s than we were 30 or 40 years ago. Do those protections still apply? And what's at the heart of Ron DeSantis's point is those protections should no longer apply, that we are in an era now that can be race neutral. That is open to a lot of debate, which leads me to my my second angle on this, which I think for listeners, the most important thing to consider is how do you define fairness? District lines can be drawn around a fairness standard, but you could say fairness in Florida, because we're roughly 50-50 Democrats, Republicans, or a third, a third Democrats, Republicans, and I's. Would fairness mean we send an equal number of Democrats and Republicans to Washington? Or is fairness, as the Fair Districts Amendment in the state constitution was adopted, is fairness a geography test, right? Should we, right. Should we eliminate all the squiggly lines and just say, let's create as many compact districts as possible? So, David, I actually, Florida- I, I would give you one more to think about. I think it'd be fun to consider fairness as electorally competitive. What if we created as many 50-50 districts as possible that made our representatives actually more accountable to our communities and not protected by gerrymandered districts. Well, that is uh, as much as it can be mind-blowing in redistricting, <laughs> right, David, to consider voter registration when drawing political boundaries. That is, uh, that is a third. That makes way too much sense. <laughs> but, but, and that is an extreme third rail in the redistricting process, or has been, at least, as well, the process has lived. Florida voters were the ones who said, through a constitutional amendment, geography should be the fairness. Standard. Right. So that's what I want to voters could say electoral competitiveness 
should be the yeah, fairness. So game. that's why I wanted to ask you, right? I mean, I th- the 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 exercise of defining fairness is a is a neat little thought experiment. But Florida voters have already done that, right? They've defined fair districts and put it into the constitutional amendment. And there's two kind of tiers of standards, and one of them is. Uh, that uh, districts cannot be drawn, quote, with the intent or result of denying or abridging the equal opportunity of racial minorities. So that's one of the ways that Florida voters have already defined uh, uh, fairness. And the governor is is resting on that in addition to others. That's right. And and listen, I would go back to what I said earlier. Uh, I I I say this as a statement of fact. Ron DeSantis wants to take this all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court. He wants to test all of these standards, and part of it is his own judicial philosophy, but it also reflects the conservative ideology within the Republican Party right now. And and, and do you believe, David Jolly, that the governor's intent is to weaken key provisions of the 1965 Voting Rights Act, as some Without published question. reports have indicated? Without question. And, and listen, when he when he uses the term race neutral, he means it. And we should accept what he is saying, that he wants race neutral application of how these lines are drawn. What I think is open then for a broad conversation among Floridians, is that really the best public policy to pursue race neutral? Or should we actually consider ladders of opportunity in communities of color and economically disadvantaged communities that are largely minority communities? There is a reason to pursue public policy that actually considers race and considers economic status as a way to lift all Floridians and to give all Floridians a voice. Ron DeSantis is saying, no, that's not the right use of public policy. What the right use of public policy is to do is to set race neutral statutes and let the culture and the economy sort itself out. That is a very conservative position, but we have a very conservative governor. You're listening to the Florida Roundup from Florida Public Radio. More phone calls in Jacksonville. LJ has been listening in. LJ, thanks for calling. You're on the radio. Um, Yes. Thank you for your time this afternoon and for hosting this subject. Um, First and foremost, I would like to say that I am, one, a constituent in Congressional District 5 who is greatly affected. But more importantly, um, if you were to use the fair district standard and there are 28 seats, then why not Why not be fair and say 14 should be Democrat and 14 should be Republican? But notwithstanding any of that, there is an equal protection argument. And with the Voting Rights Act of 1965, we know that Section 2 applies specifically nationally, um, and it requires that, that racially polarized voting is, look, it is legal. And otherwise, minorities would not have an opportunity to have representation, hence the minority access district. Mm-hmm. I believe that, well, I do not believe, Ray Charles can see it because there is a separation of powers and it is not, it's not the governor's role to draw the legislative district. I believe that the state legislature should, A, if they don't have a quorum, then look, they can't they can't get it passed. Or I believe that the legislative reapportionment staff should be drawing a map. It should not be solely on the governor. It's a failure of leadership. And I hope that people who care, in particular people who reside in the in the fifth congressional district, the tenth congressional district, and the twenty congressional district, 
will show up in mass on Tuesday, April 19th, and let their voices be heard because all persons deserve to be heard in a democracy. LJ, we hear you. Thanks for uh, lending your voice there from Jacksonville. Uh, David Jolly, she introduced another piece of uh, law in here, and that's the 14th Amendment of the U.S. Constitution, equal protection, something that the governor also has leaned on in his rejection of previous maps. Yeah, listen, I I don't think that Governor DeSantis's maps would have survived judicial scrutiny 10 years ago with the way the courts were populated. But what he knows is he likely has a favorable court now to test this. And, and meaning state court and United States Supreme Court? State and United States. Right. So he he has completely reshaped the Supreme Court of Florida. And now we know the, the reshaping of the U.S. Supreme Court. And so he wants to test this and he feels confident he could win. I, I would also point out, um, you know, a lot of people agree with the previous caller and on the raw politics of it. He is not only the governor is not only silencing Democrats in Tallahassee, he is silencing Republicans. This is a perfect example of his complete control of the party. Understand the Explain House and Senate. Explain that, David, how he's silencing Republicans. So the House and Senate passed maps that Ron DeSantis disagreed with. And Ron DeSantis said, if you send these maps to me, Republicans, I'm going to veto them. And he did. And that required a special session. And so for about a week, we were all waiting to see how will this sort out? What will the compromise be? Do Republicans in Tallahassee give DeSantis his fight over District 5, but do do the legislators get their maps in the Tampa Bay area? That's not what happened. Ron DeSantis said to Republicans, you're taking my maps, and that's the way it's going to be. And Republican leaders, Speaker of the House, Senate Majority Leader, all the people that run the legislature said, yes, sir, Mr. Governor, we'll do what you tell us to. And so do we have a proper separation of powers in Florida after all of this has played out? We do not. Now, I would say the Constitution and the statutes still protect one. But what we are seeing is the enormous power within the Republican Party today of Ron DeSantis. It is it is an exhibition of just sheer power, political power he holds within the party. David Jolly is a former U.S. representative uh, representing uh, the 13th Congressional District that was based in Pinellas County. David, thanks for sharing your thoughts and your political science with us. Great to be with you. Thank you. Thanks for listening, everyone. The Florida Roundup is produced by WJCT Public Media in Jacksonville and WLRN Public Media in Miami. Heather Schatz and Natu Tway are producers. Catherine Hobbs is associate producer. WLRN's director of radio operations and the program's technical director is Peter Maris. Engineering help each and every week from Doug Peterson, Charles Michaels, and Josh Torres. Richard Ives answers the phones. Our theme music is provided by Miami jazz guitarist Aaron Libos at AaronLibos.com. Thanks for supporting public radio in your community. I'm Tom Hudson. And I'm Melissa Ross. Have a safe and happy holiday weekend.